So you're dating a guy and things are going great. He's bright, he's comfortable in his own skin, and overall he's pretty good company. Then why do you feel so drained at the end of every date? Well, maybe it's because he hasn't expressed one bit of curiosity about your life. So while you're getting to know him, he's not getting to know you. What's that all about? What can you do about it? Stick around and I'll explain. I'm Evan Marquette, dating coach for smart, strong, successful women, and your personal trainer for love. Welcome to the Love You Podcast. Keep listening to discover why men don't ask you questions when you're dating. When we're done, I'll let you know how you could apply to Love You to create a passionate relationship that makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. I've been spending a lot of time, maybe a disproportionate amount of time, thinking about this question for a while due to some real-life circumstances that have um, impacted me. And I want to begin this dating conversation with a couple of anecdotes that parallel this situation because this isn't just a dating thing. This is a people thing. This is a people skills thing. So first, we met some new folks in the neighborhood and they were really lovely and our kids were playing and we had them over to our house and we sat in the backyard for a couple hours and had some drinks and some appetizers while the kids played. And they were really um, entertaining and had good senses of humor. They were definitely our people. And I discovered at the end of two hours, and this was kind of remarkable, that I could tell you, and I won't hear, I could tell you where they're from, what they do when they move to our part of town, what their what grade their kid is in, what kind of schooling they're doing, what I got the whole story. I was curious about them. They don't know that I'm a dating coach. I'm not kidding. Like we went the entire two hours and we didn't even get off LA question number one, what do you do for a living? And I was confused because I really liked them, but it was off putting the fact that we spent that much, so that much time and I was sort of on fire conversationally asking them questions and follow questions, nothing. And then I'm also left with the case of my wife's family. Um, and I like my wife's family. I've been part of it for nearly 15 years, but they also seem to suffer from that same lack of curiosity about me where I can kind of go hang out with them over Thanksgiving or Christmas and feel like I could pick up and leave the room and no one would notice. Uh, no one's ever asked me, you know, what I'm working on at work or how I'm enjoying being a dad or, you know, it's, it's strange. It's just a strange dynamic. And so with them, I'm like a, a, a talk show host, right? I'm like I'm steering the conversation. I'm asking questions. I'm doing follow-up. Right? And they're the guest who's on stage. And once they're done talking to me, conversation stops until I come up with something to say. So again, the neighbors, it's no big deal. I mean, I like them, but if we never have a conversation again, we'll all be fine. Um, my wife's family is this ongoing saga. So it makes, it makes it closer to the dating conversation. How could you be close with someone who doesn't express curiosity, right? And you don't have to be, want to be the center of attention to know that someone is not getting who you are. Um, 
they see you as a conduit to something else. You represent something that they could project things onto, but they're not seeing you as you if they're not asking any questions. And so none of this makes me angry, but it doesn't make me look forward to the interaction either. I'm gonna bring this back to you. Because this is how you feel when you're dating an incurious guy. He's there, you seem to be enjoying, you seem to be enjoying yourself, he seems to be enjoying your, himself on paper, but how could he like you if he's taken zero effort to get to know you? And since I can't interview the incurious and get their opinion on why they don't ask questions, it would be kind of rude to ask you, you know, someone why they're so, um, uh, such bad conversationalists, I've taken the time to come up with a couple of theories. I want to just float these theories to you relatively quickly in time for a 10 minute podcast. Number one, certain families and cultures just don't ask questions, right? Now again, stereotyping bad, except sometimes stereotypes have a measure of truth to them. I come from a New York Jewish family. When the extended family used to get together a few times a year, it was a free for all. Tons of conversation, no holds barred, no doubting what anybody's thinking. Everything was, every opinion is voiced. And there's a certain dynamism to being part of a family or an environment where you're encouraged to speak your mind. When I know full well, I've been around this planet long enough and talked to enough clients, there's environments where that's not encouraged, where kids are to be seen and not heard, or any topic that might be considered controversial at the dinner table is squelched because we don't want to upset anybody. So there's a cultural thing to when, how people engage in conversation. Number two, certain individuals within cultures, right? We're not just talking about the culture, now we're talking about individuals, think that asking questions is somehow invasive or prying. So. I don't understand this logic. I'm just positing this theory. I guess it means that they wouldn't want to be asked questions themselves because it feels too personal. So if you don't want to have someone ask you a question, then you don't ask a question and everybody can kind of be polite. But they don't realize that not asking questions is also a form of being impolite. Um, I think it's really just you know treating people at a distance, at a remove, some of the relationship I have with my wife's family can sometimes feel like um, I'm you know, meeting someone in real life uh, at, a, at a party or having an interaction with someone at a, at a, at a grocery store, just very um, formal, uh, you know, what's your name? <laughs> um, so how about those, those chargers? Uh, what are you up to this weekend? Beautiful weather we're having. Did you see the last Saturday Night Live? It's all very surfacey. And I don't always get much of a charge out of that, especially with someone that I would think I should know better, but maybe they're just thinking that they're being polite. Number three, people like to hear themselves talk more than they like to listen. And this is a commonplace phenomenon. As a guy who's been expressing his opinions online for two decades, I'm not above liking the sound of my own voice, theoretically. Now, most people, when they're in conversation, tend to listen for a break in the conversation where they can insert their two cents and steer the story back to themselves. I don't think that's personal when people do that, when they hijack the story. People just want to be heard, to express themselves, right? In, in that love you way, to feel safe, heard, and understood. The more I could share myself with you, the more you could appreciate me, the more I feel close to you. That's sort of the dynamic. The problem is that it hasn't occurred to many people that other people want to be heard too. Pick up How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. 
That book is nearly 100 years old, and it's still timeless wisdom. The best way to make people like you is to ask people questions and be enthusiastic about their answers. Tell me more. I recently actually listened to a podcast. It was a Michael Lewis podcast, and he interviewed a woman who taught a class at Harvard Business School, and I think the joking name of the class was How to Talk Gooder. That was off the top of my head. But what this How to Talk Gooder class does was turn conversation into a science. And the one takeaway I got from that podcast, the pro tip for you today, it's not just about that first question, what do you do? It's the follow-up question that really gets you on someone's good side. It lets that person know you're actually engaged in the answer, that you're listening and that you want to hear more. Number four theory, men feel it's their job to impress you. They're simply not as concerned about whether you're going to impress them. So when a guy's got 90 minutes to make a first impression, he'll often go into his standard dating sales pitch, trying to wow you with what he thinks are his most important attributes. I'm not saying this works well. I'm saying it's what we see guys do. He doesn't always realize that talking the entire time, even if he's interesting, is a turnoff. In his mind, he's giving you the information that you need to make a decision to choose him for a second date meaning that he's not necessarily a bad guy or a toxic narcissist. He just hasn't had a dating coach tell him to listen as much as he talks. And the last theory I have is that, again, I want to say this gently. There's no gentle. Men just don't care what you have to say. And I know it's not a good look to admit this, but I also think it's more than plausible. The truth is, and I've mentioned this many times before, they're concerned with how you make them feel. Do you make them feel accepted? Do you make them feel appreciated? Do you make them feel admired? If so, you could sit silently at a dinner table, smiling and nodding, and he'll think he was on the best date ever. Not something I'm proud of saying, but something that bears mentioning. So what do you do about this? You can interject your way into a conversation and tell him about you instead of waiting for him to ask you questions. But the real question isn't what do you make him do? The question is for you. How important is it for you to feel heard and understood? There's not a right answer. It's just a question. In Love You, we have a few core tenets. One, men do what they want. Two, you can't change men. So that means if a man isn't asking about you, it's because he largely doesn't care. And if you don't like it, and you have every right to not like it, you're just simply better off finding a guy who gets it than trying to turn some incurious guy into a curious one. Get it? Got it? Good. My name is Evan Marquez. Thanks for tuning into the Love You podcast. For more episodes like this on YouTube, click the subscribe button, ring the bell, and choose all to ensure you get notified when new content comes out. If you're listening to the audio podcast, please share an honest review on Apple. More reviews equals more awareness of the Love You podcast and more love in the world. And if you want to find love right now and you're committed to making healthier relationship choices with men so you can have that marriage that makes you feel safe, heard, and understood, look for the link below and apply for coaching with me inside Love You. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Are you the woman who is everything except your man? You can have the relationship of your dreams and you don't have to change to get it. In Love You, you will gain confidence, let go of unhealthy relationship patterns, learn to trust your judgment, understand and attract quality men, assess long-term compatibility, and create a passionate, unconditionally loving relationship 
with a partner who puts you first, never lets you down, and always makes you feel safe, heard, and understood. Go to www.evanmarkkatz.com and click on the apply button to get started.